Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Real people. Real crimes. Real life drama. My mother was feisty. Incredibly vibrant. She was spunky. She was fun. She was that fun mom. Hey, Jeanette, say hi. I was 10. Hi, Tippy. I was 14. Our grandparents picked us up to visit for the day. And when we returned home from the visit, and we walk inside and she's not there. We weren't even fully in the house when Tippy she grabs my hand and she says something's not right. That week that she was missing, I don't remember much. I don't have any recollection of anything up until the day we were told that she was found. I got a nice bite on my fishing pole. I thought I had a fish but it kept being so heavy that I couldn't bring it in. And when it came to the surface, all I saw was a long black tail. The bag turned over and I saw two big feet sticking me in the face and it scared the bejesus out of me. This body was in a uh, large nylon duffel bag about five feet tall. It was Pontip Ott. And on top of that was large chunks of concrete. When you go to this much trouble to dispose of a body, this is somebody known to the victim. If you watch enough crime shows, you know the person police usually zero in on when a wife turns up dead is the husband. And this case was no different. Their prime suspect was the victim's husband and stepfather to her two daughters, Dennis Ott. 
he always brought us gifts. She's got me finally. He always liked to joke, and he always seemed to be happy and smiled all the time. You didn't see the other side till, till later. There was one fight, but I remember being behind a door. I was so scared. I remember Bob screaming for Tippy to be healthy. And I was frozen in fear. I felt like such a coward hiding behind a door, but I couldn't move. Did you think at that time that Dennis could hurt your mom? Yes. Yes. We confronted him, and he basically said, you know, I've got nothing to say to you guys. We took him into custody. I remember being outside of the courtroom for the trial, and I remembered hearing the words, he was found guilty, and just sobbing. And there was no stopping it. And here's where tonight's 48 Hours is a little different. We're going to show you what happens long after the verdict and why two sisters are still fighting for justice nearly 25 years after their mother's murder. You have a prepaid call from... Good morning, Janice An inmate at the California State Prison. Why do you think you deserve parole? I meet all of the criteria for parole. I've been saying for 20 years that I'm not guilty of this crime, and I've done everything I can in prison to try to justify my release. I, mean, I don't believe I'll be a danger to society. Her mother doesn't get a second chance. Why should he? I'm not that child hiding behind a door anymore. And I want him to know that I will do everything in my power to keep him incarcerated. Everything. I'm Tracy Smith, tonight on 48 Hours. Crime and punishment. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 48 Hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now, you could take 20% off. 
Go to ahs.com slash 48 to save 20%. That's ahs.com slash 48 for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts. For coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. American Home Shield, don't worry, be warranty. If you want to kill somebody and dispose of the body, you drive up to Sutter County and you dump them because we're the first rural open area that they come to out of Sacramento County. Sutter County Sheriff Paul Parker was a young detective in May of 1992 when a fisherman reeled in that weighted duffel bag from the Sacramento River. You know, if it wouldn't have been for this fisherman, this would have been an unknown case. 33-year-old Pontip Ott had been missing for more than a week. And so... Probably less than 24 hours, I was on surveillance of her house. And the reason that we did that so quickly is that this was to us obviously a homicide. Pontip, known as Pon, was a hardworking immigrant from Thailand with a job at a commercial laundry. She lived with her two daughters, Jeanette and Tippy, in a modest home in Sacramento. She's that fun mom. Oh my! <laughs> she loved music sing along our little own versions of karaoke <laughs> frisbee outside playing with our dogs she was a strong asian woman who didn't take nothing from nobody Jeanette, hi younger sister Jeanette remembers their mother's laughter <laughs> very loud <laughs> Very prideful, never wanted to ask for help, so she did what needed to be done in order to take care of Tippy and I. The light's blinking up here. It's recording right now. Also at home, their mom's new husband, 41-year-old Dennis Ott. He was a Coast Guard chief petty officer and spent months away at sea. See? Good dog, huh? He spoke with us by phone from the Solano prison in California. She was a beautiful woman, and she was a gentle soul. I still miss her daily. But you had nothing to do with her disappearance and death? I had nothing to do with her disappearance and death. Did you see Dennis as a father figure? I think I was more welcoming. I think he was charming and a nice guy. Um, I wasn't as hesitant as Tippy was. We wanted a complete family, or at least I did. Jeanette and Tippy's grandfather, retired military man Larry Lewis, married Pond's mother. He first met Dennis Ott on Coast Guard Island in Alameda, California. I think one of the biggest mistakes I've made is, well, anytime you get some free time, you stop by the house, you know. And then it just happened that when he came over, the pawn and the girls were at our house. And that's where he met Pawn. Do you feel guilty? Yeah. I've never said that before. How could you have even imagined? You don't imagine. Only a sick person could imagine. Hey, baby. What you got cooking? 
Dennis Ott says the last time he saw his wife was Sunday morning, May 17, 1992. And I said, uh, do you want to go out and do something? She said, no, I have plans. And she picked up her little black purse and walked out the house, and that was the last I saw of her. Jeanette and Tippy say Dennis told their grandparents a very different story. When you pulled up, what happened? Dennis was leaving. He was in his car. My grandparents asked if our mom was home, and he said yes, that she was inside. And so our grandparents said goodbye to us, and we got out of the car, went inside the house, and she wasn't in there. And when it came time to file a missing persons report with police, it was their grandpa Larry who filed it, not Pond's husband, Dennis Ott. He got really upset that I done it. Now, why would he get upset? Why didn't he file a missing person case? Dennis Ott told us he tried to file a missing persons report, but he claims he was told to call the hospitals first. Still, he admits his marriage to Pond was troubled. My girl, my shadow. Hi. Hi, everybody. Something both her daughters saw early on. I started really noticing it before she became missing. There was a lot of fights leading up to that day. And how old were you? Nine or ten, probably. And I could hear her screaming right now. <laughs> it got that bad towards the end. Pontip and I had two altercations during our marriage. One was verbal, and the other one was physical, where I had just returned home from work. I, I followed her into our room, and I said, what's going on? And she scratched me on the face, and I grabbed her by the hands. I threw her back in our waterbed, and I held her by the arms there, so she would stop scratching me. According to Larry Lewis, Ott could be just as angry when he was away from the family at sea. There was letters that uh, he had written uh, while he was at sea that you and Tippy can take a long walk off a short pier. He had written that to Pond. He had written that, yes. Life with Ott was tense, and Pond wanted protection. She filed a restraining order saying she was afraid of him. That was about two days before she went missing. That's a huge red flag. Uh, yeah, there was red flags popping up all over the place on this. Even though the cops were on the case, Pond's family was desperate for answers. Grandpa Larry set out on patrol to try to find out what happened to her. Every morning, I would drive to their house, and I would just circle the block, go through the alley, just to see if anything, just anything, any little thing, but I never did. But he'll never forget what he observed when he came face to face with Dennis Ott shortly after Pon had vanished. I saw some marks on his neck. He had said he tried to hang himself, but uh, that was rope burn. You think he was hauling the body? Uh, yeah, 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 into the river. Detectives found it strange Ott had called the sheriff's department several times about a report in the local newspaper. And he immediately called us and said, I read that you guys uh, recovered a body in the river, weighted down with cement, and, you know, my wife is missing, and I, I want to know if you've identified this body yet. Well, doesn't that sound like a concerned husband? Well, it does sound like a concerned husband, ex 
except for, I don't know why he would just automatically assume that because we found a body weighted down with cement, he would think that was his wife. Parker had a hunch Dennis Ott knew more about what had happened to his wife, a lot more. If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s, you play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. When their mother, Pon Ott, disappeared, Tippy and Jeanette moved in with their grandparents. I remember walking in the house and it was dark and everyone was crying. For nearly two weeks, the sisters had been holding on to hope she would be found alive. Grandpa took me to the backyard and he just looked at me and he said, she's gone. Your mom's not coming home. Do you remember Jeanette's reaction? Crying. Crying. Ten-year-old girl. This monster, he'd done so much damage. When her body was found, it was instant. We knew that he did it. There's no, no doubt about it. You had no doubt? No doubt. Why? Never considered anybody else. I don't know how to explain it. It was just something you knew. After all, it was no secret Dennis Ott's marriage to their mom had hit rock bottom. We all knew that they weren't happy. Mom wanted a divorce. Mom wanted a better life for her and for us. Why did she want a divorce? She never said. Uh, I don't know, because Pom kept secrets. It seems they both may have kept secrets. Pond suspected her husband was cheating, and she apparently had a boyfriend. I found these cards that had been written to her the summer before. I said, who is this guy? I got in her face. I was kind of ashamed of this, you know, but I was trying to get her to talk, and I I called her a couple of names that I'm not going to bother repeating. How do you think that looks? Oh, I think it makes it, it's very condemning. Yeah, it makes it look like I was a very hostile individual. Authorities questioned Pond's boyfriend after she went missing and quickly ruled him out as a suspect. 
They were, however, very anxious to talk to her husband. And as it turns out, he too had an important question for detectives. Because does this have to do with pawn tip? The detective that was talking to him said, yes, and we need to talk to you today. We need to talk to you right now. And he says, okay, I'll be there in a few minutes. Ott never showed up, according to Parker. And there was something else the detective was curious about. A few days earlier, he'd noticed Ott had been spending a lot of time in the backyard. He wanted a closer look and got a search warrant. There looked like there was some new fence posts that were erected in the backyard. The concrete anchors needed to hold up the fence posts were unlike anything Detective Parker had ever seen. They were shaped like an H. And Parker remembered that when Pond's body was recovered from the river, it had been weighted down with rocks and chunks of cement in that very distinctive shape. I found two or three of these cement H-shaped anchors lying around in the backyard that were pulled out when he was repairing the fence that were an exact match for the anchor that was in the bag. That's when I really started uh, lasering down on this guy. Something else puzzled Parker. That white nylon bag that held Pond's body had a patch cut out of it. And lo and behold, after a uh, long search with uh, much assistance from Coast Guard intelligence, we actually found a person that had an identical bag that was available to the Coast Guard. And um, where they stamped their lot numbers and ID numbers on the bags was the exact spot where this four inch by five inch was cut out. And these were only available to people in the Coast Guard. There's a picture of you holding up Mm -hmm. one of these bags. Right, that's it. That's the duplicate that we got from the Coast Guard. At the same time, there was nothing to tie Dennis Ott directly to that bag. Right. Other than, you know, he's in the Coast Guard, he had access to him. To Parker, the concrete and the bag seemed like significant physical evidence, but they were hardly a smoking gun. And while the detective believed he had the right man, the DA's office wasn't convinced there was enough evidence to arrest Dennis Ott for murder. They wanted a little bit stronger case. They just thought it was a little bit thin. And the investigation into Pawn Ott's murder slowed to a crawl. I remember questioning why he still is going to work. Why is he still out and about? Why is he still free? Why does Dennis get to live a normal life and our mother's gone? He felt like no one was going to be held accountable. So about 18 months after your mom was murdered, you decided to do something, Tippy. I wrote a letter. My grandfather suggested I write letters to the Coast Guard Intelligence, to the DA. My name is Tippy Marine, and I am writing you because... Tippy read us a portion of the letter she wrote when she was just 16. Do you honestly think that waiting any longer, you will find more evidence to prove this man, Dennis Ott, guilty? Do you have any idea how hard it is for me and my 11-year-old sister to live each day and know that our mother's life was taken? And the man who did it is not in prison. When Parker read Tippy's letter, he knew he couldn't let this case go cold. These things uh, rip your heart out, you know. I mean, it just kind of makes you want to dig in your heels. And um, we just kind of got it in our head, you know what, we're not going to let this punk get away with this. We got it in front of the grand jury, and the grand jury agreed with us. I remember me and another detective went down to Coast Guard Island to pick him up. What was that like? He said something along the effect of, well, you can indict a ham sandwich. 
And uh, we said, yeah, well, okay, maybe. And oh, by the way, here's yours. And we took him into custody and that was that. In November 1994, Dennis Ott was arrested and charged with his wife Pond's murder, more than two years after her body was recovered from the Sacramento River. What were the challenges of this case? There was no DNA. Sutter County District Attorney Investigator Vicki Van Atta. Fingerprints? No fingerprints. Blood evidence? No blood evidence. Murder weapon? No weapon. It's hard to prove a murder case without a lot of physical evidence. And when Dennis Ott's defense attorney got a hold of this case, prosecutors were in for a big surprise. Somebody made a mistake in the uh, forensics. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. As prosecutors prepared for Dennis Ott's murder trial, Detective Parker was learning more about the relationship between the Coast Guard seaman and his wife. Say something. I, I am saying something. This guy's a very controlling person. You can't get any more. If your spouse comes to you and says, I don't want you going anywhere, and oh, by the way, here, give me your driver's license, I'm tearing it up, and then takes your car and hides it. If they feel that you're slipping out of their control, what do they do? I guess some people kill him. With no DNA, no fingerprints, no murder weapon, cops were certain Ott killed his wife, but they weren't sure how he did it. We were pretty confident that she didn't crawl in that bag by herself and somehow hop it into the river. Back in uh, 1995, I was a reporter for the Appeal Democrat. You don't often see a military man on trial for a strange murder like this. Frank Hartzell had covered a lot of murder cases. But this one was different. The autopsy report on Pawn Ott's body revealed elevated levels of carbon monoxide. Initially, they believed that she was uh, killed by automobile asphyxiation. And I was very intrigued by that. Then, a week before the trial, Ott's defense attorney delivered prosecutors a bombshell. Sutter County District Attorney Investigator Vicki Van Atta. Our pathologist used some old methods, and they were able to get a, another pathologist that said his methods weren't correct. So that got thrown out. Then what did they say the cause of death was? Well, we knew she was dead, and it looked like possible strangulation. 
but it was never determined for never, sure. Never determined for sure. How often does that happen? I mean, how often does it happen that uh, the theory of the crime is thrown out just before the trial and the prosecution continues just as if nothing had happened? And now we had no explanation for the cause of death. That was definitive. Sometimes you just don't have a cause of death. You know, if you get a body in the water after about a week, you're going to start losing evidence of that. It's clear what evidence you didn't have. What evidence did you have? Well, we had evidence they got into a fight. He went to her work. He threatened to kill her. He called her all kinds of real bad names. Witnesses who heard him say, I'll kill you, those words? Yes. And after that, she filed for a divorce, and he got served divorce papers on the 15th of May. The last time Pon was seen alive was two days later, Sunday, May 17th, 1992. I can't imagine uh, my son murdering anybody. I just don't see it. Grandma, who's this from? Dennis Ott's mother, Marin Atkinson, remembers how Pon's daughters, Tippy and Jeanette, called her grandma. In August 1995, she had a front row seat at her son's murder trial. Watching Dennis handcuffed and shackled and everything, I, I just wanted to scream in agony. It was horrible. Prosecutors presented a pile of evidence against Ott, including a wooden fence post from his home and that H-shaped concrete anchor discovered inside the duffel bag. Remember, authorities believed the concrete used to weigh down Pond's body came from Ott's backyard. There was concrete found uh, in the bag, but it was not an absolute match. So it was physical evidence, but not like DNA. Sometimes you, you make cases on circumstantial evidence, and it's just as good as direct evidence or anything else, especially if you have enough of it. One of the things that people said during your trial is, hey, you're from the Coast Guard. The woman's body was found in the water. Doesn't that seem like something that somebody who's very familiar with the water, has spent his life on the water, would be capable of doing? I've been to the Bering Sea and across the Pacific Ocean and down south of the equator. To equate the ocean with the Sacramento River uh, is, is a very, very deep stretch of imagination. Reporter Frank Hartzell also paid close attention to Ott's demeanor in the courtroom. I remember him sitting there very stoically, very uh, seeming unemotional, unreactive. So you think, now why isn't this guy reacting? And I wondered why we didn't hear more about him and more about his life. Maybe he just didn't make a good witness. Not everybody is uh, uh, a wonderful witness, but does that make him a killer? You both testified. What do you remember about testifying? I remember taking the stand and just crying immediately from state your name and spell your name. It's a lot to take in for being so young and to talk about your life and what you remember and little details of putting the investigation together, bits and pieces to help the detectives. It's very intimidating to sit and stare at the man that did this to your mom. I don't recall what exactly was said during my testimony. You don't remember? I remember going in the courtroom, sitting down, looking at a room full of people. I remember him sitting there, 
But as far as what I said during trial, I have no recollection of it. Jeanette may not remember, but what she told the jury was something she had never revealed to anyone in the three years since her mother's murder. On the witness stand, the teary 13-year-old testified she saw Dennis Ott put his hands on her mother's neck during one heated argument. How important do you think Jeanette's testimony was in your trial? I think it was extremely important. The emotional impact of of a young girl testifying about a man strangling her mother who's now dead, you got to be kidding. When she broke down in tears and cried, the emotional impact of that alone. Did you ever put your hands on your wife's neck? No, not like that. No, never. Do you think that Jeanette was lying? No, I don't think it was a lie as such. I think what it was was an implanted memory. Memory, especially for a youngster, can be very malleable. Ott is convinced Jeanette's testimony sealed his fate. The jury took just three and a half hours to reach a unanimous guilty verdict. Did you kill your wife? No, I did not. It felt good to know that 12 other people believed us. They knew what we knew, that he did it. And we didn't need a confession from him to prove that. Now, more than 20 years after their mother's murder, Tippy and Jeanette would once again come face to face with their stepfather, the convicted killer, Dennis Ott, who desperately wants a second chance at freedom. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. morning, September 25th, 2015, more than 20 years after their mother's murder, Tippy and Jeanette make the 70-mile drive to the place Dennis Ott now calls home, California State Prison Solano in Vacaville, California. You know you're going to see him in just a couple of hours. It's a day they've been dreading, the parole hearing for their mother's convicted killer and their stepfather, Dennis Ott an article about her mother in the hearing today. It's going to be an interesting day. Is it like a a trial waiting for a jury verdict for you guys? Pretty much. You're in a room, a very small room, 
You have to. You just have to sit feet away from the man who killed your mother. It's not something very easily to do. You can feel a, a palpable chill walking into the room. A chill in the room. I'm, I'm trying to imagine. I mean, Jeanette and Tippy see you as their mom's killer. What was it like to sit face to face with them? I have so much sadness for those two little girls, and the fact that they are looking at me as, as the culprit is tragic. But still, at the same time, it's something I, I have to face. Video cameras were prohibited at the hearing, but 48 Hours was granted permission to document it with a still camera. Is there a part of you that just wants to lunge across the room? Always. Every time. <laughs> Always. How do you control that? You just have to. Me jumping up and going across the table isn't going to benefit anybody. So I think you just have to grin and bear it and hold the bottom of your seat to keep yourself from jumping out of it. We weren't allowed to photograph the two commissioners, a man and a woman, who presided over the hearing. Like trial lawyers, they grilled Ott about the crime and his time in prison. It's up to them to decide whether he'll get parole. They are Dennis Ott's judge and jury. At its most basic level, our parole hearings in California, what we look at is who was the person at the time of the crime, who are they today, and what's the difference? Jennifer Schaefer is the executive director of California's Board of Parole Hearings. Has parole been successful in California? Yes, it has been quite successful in California. Why do you say that? Because the recidivism rate is so low. Recidivism is when a person who served time in jail or prison commits another crime. The recidivism rate for people who've been given parole after a being hearing. sentenced to life, life is yes. what? Less than 1% in California. It's a very difficult process. We have to find that the person no longer poses an unreasonable risk to public safety. The people that get out are people that have truly changed. Dennis Ott believes he has changed, and he says he wants to help other inmates, veterans like him, if he's granted parole. When you look at your file, it sounds like you're a model prisoner. Are you? Well, I believe so. Uh, I've also earned a couple of associate degrees in the last couple of years. You know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. You know, I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation. Tippy and Jeanette have said that the only reason you're doing all of these things is to make it look good when you come up in front of that parole commission. It's not true. I'm doing what I feel is only the right thing to do. And explain to me, how are we supposed to believe that? Well, that's something that you're either going to have to believe or not believe. I mean, uh, I, I think that actions speak louder than words. He's over 60 years old now. He's served more than 20 years. Sutter County District Attorney Amanda Hopper represented Tippy and Jeanette at Ott's parole hearing and prepared them for the possibility he could be released. I explained to them that I thought he had a decent chance. Do you think that Dennis Ott is a dangerous man still? I absolutely do. I absolutely think he is a danger to society in general and probably to the family. What makes you so sure? Because I sat there and I watched him and I watched the anger in his face. But more importantly, I've seen that he has absolutely no concept of accountability. 
And that may be a sticking point at his hearing. Ott has always said he didn't kill his wife. And while inmates don't have to show remorse to get parole, Ott knows it might help. You know what, Dennis? It almost seems like it would be easier, certainly for Jeanette and Tippy, and maybe easier for you if you just admitted it. Admit guilt. How interesting. It's not that I haven't thought about that. It would have been actually a whole lot easier a long time ago to say, yeah, I did this crime. But that's not true. I didn't kill Pong. I'm not going to say I did. Whatever the parole board decides, they are keenly aware the hearing process can be stressful for everyone in the room. When people come to a parole hearing, it's because they feel compelled to come. It's not that we mandate that they be there. Is it fair to these victims' families? It's such a loaded question. Um, do I think it's fair that they have to go through the trauma of parole hearings? No. But I would not want us to do that process without sitting down and having a live hearing with the inmate. Han's family listened patiently for more than four hours during Ott's parole hearing. Then it was Jeanette's turn to speak. What did you want the commissioners to understand? That he hasn't changed. That our family is victimized over and over again. I want them to know that even behind bars, there's a sense of control that he still holds and has and tries to maintain. The little girl who once hid behind a door during that explosive argument between her mother and stepfather stared him down and didn't hold back. He deserves to rot and die in prison. Plain and simple. He took everything from us. Everything. And I want to take everything from him now. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. While the parole board decides Dennis Ott's fate, Tippy and Jeanette wait. They have families of their own now, and can only imagine what life would be like if their mother's killer is set free. I don't want to see him outside of the walls of that prison, which is where he needs to be, where he deserves to be. I don't want my children to ever see him, but I'm not scared of him. If you had a chance to see him one-on-one, -on -one, what would you do? I don't know. I'm sure there'll be a a lot of words exchanged, 
um, and I'm pretty certain I wouldn't be able to sit in my seat as I am now. Look at Tippy and Jeanette, you know? This monster took their mother away at the worst possible time in their lives. How about you? What are your emotions? Well, look at my hand right now. Angry. Angry. I'll be 93 in November, and I hope Dennis can come home. I hope we can have some good years together, because he deserves it. Marin Atkinson is anxious to spend her final years with her son, Dennis, as a free man. She knows life is short, and tomorrow is not promised. I'm living because I want him to get out. I feel like if I become a hundred, I'll go up there and bang on the doors. And You know, really, it, it doesn't make sense that he has to stay in prison. But for now, his cell will be his home. After five hours of testimony, the board would take less than one hour to decide Ott should stay in prison. Parole denied. So, Dennis, why do you think you didn't get parole? Why didn't I get parole? The fact that I do not accept or admit culpability for this crime. They, they always go back to that. The parole commissioners called you evasive. Were you being evasive? I don't believe I'm being evasive. I don't believe I'm giving them the answers they expect to hear. That moment when you heard parole denied, how'd you feel? You exhale. You get a brief sense of satisfaction. Another small victory. Yeah, but we'll be back here again. And hopefully again. When the hearing was over, an observer noticed one of the commissioners, the man, seemed teary-eyed. These decisions that the parole commissioners are making are life-changing, obviously, for the inmates, yes. for victims' families. How heavily does that weigh on them? <laughs> um, it's, it's a very difficult job. Reading the crime reports, reading transcripts of criminal trials, it weighs very heavily on them. In just two and a half years, Ott gets another chance for parole. His life sentence has become their life sentence, too. It doesn't end. It never ends for the families. We're victimized over and over again. It's frustrating. In the meantime, Jeanette and Tippy are waging their next battle. In March of 2015, I was diagnosed with stage 3 lung cancer. And in June or July... We learned it spread to my pelvis area. And at that point, because I had metastasized, I was bumped to stage four. Do you ask that, why me? My gosh, didn't you suffer enough? What more can one person be given in one lifetime? She has to get through it. <laughs> without her. She's all I have left. And she'll beat it like she always does.
When they were young, Jeanette and Tippy often wondered about the fishermen who discovered their mother. Come on, girls, Grandpa's here. I won't bite. And over the years, he wondered about them, too. We arranged for the three of them to meet. My goodness, look at you two. You don't look anything like I remember. (laughs) It's a pleasure. They met for the very first time at a marina on the Sacramento River. My, you've grown up in some good-looking chickens. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. It's the place where their mother, Pawn, was found. It was right here. It's where we brought your mother in. Why would we be if we had not found her? There's no telling, darling. I know. It's a chance to look back with gratitude before starting down the rough road ahead. Look at us 20 years later, and it's just as hard today as it was yesterday. And the year before that, and the day it happened, it doesn't end. Wow. So peaceful out here. It is. Dennis Ott's next parole hearing is scheduled for October 2017. Tippy's health is better, and both she and Jeanette plan to continue fighting Dennis Ott's release. Tippy and Jeanette share their emotional journey at 48hours.com. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. And as the name suggests, it's a show about medical mysteries, a genre that many fans have been asking us to dive into for years, and we finally decided to take the plunge, and the show is awesome. In this free weekly show, we explore bizarre, unheard of diseases, strange medical mishaps, unexplainable deaths, and everything in between. Each story is totally true and totally terrifying. Go follow Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.